Kimberly J. Richardson. My chapter, Anointed for Change. I never understood why each time I reached a major milestone in my life, the rules would change. What others were able to enjoy or benefit from seemingly disappeared as I looked forward to enjoying some of the same. In grade school around fifth or sixth grade, I was excited to pick out an instrument for my music class. I selected the clarinet. I was so happy to finally be able to play an instrument that almost any instrument would do. Learning to play the piano had always been my childhood desire, but there was something fascinating about the clarinet that I wanted to explore. Only, before we could get started with the lessons, the class was canceled due to budget cuts. I was so disappointed. Fortunately, because of my love for school and learning, I became preoccupied with other interests like art, home economics, and equations competitions. During my sophomore year at Cass Technical High School, I was fortunate to be able to select a specialized curriculum, as could all sophomores. I selected the performing arts curriculum where I could participate in classes like art, dance, debate, theater, and radio and TV, to name a few. I had to choose an elective after securing my core classes. I always wanted to learn to play tennis. So instead of signing up for music, band, or the pep club, I signed up for tennis. We had one or two practices before it was canceled. Again, due to budget cuts. In my junior year, I was rushing to become a member of one of Cass Tech's social girls club, Ashante Sex. Their colors were pink and black. Spirit Day was designated as the day for clubs to display their unique colors and sweaters with names and logos. I was nearly in before that too was axed. Not just this club, but all social clubs were officially banned by the school. The only clubs allowed were affiliated with the school, like the chess club, pep club, and the like. Here we go again. What is going on? I wondered to myself. Where others before me were able to experience? Why not me? 
I soon learned that this would become the norm in a series of unexpected expectations. Years ago, I worked under a manager who had a reputation of bullying his employees. No one dared to challenge him. He was also known to select top quality employees to work in his division. I was one of them. He became one of my biggest mentors. I worked under his leadership for several years. Later, I was assigned a new task under another manager within the same division. After several organizational changes within the division, I, along with others, was reassigned to my previous manager and mentor. Only, he no longer mentored, but bullied. I was repeatedly called into his office with a group that was being disciplined for their attendance. The problem, I was not on attendance control, which is a disciplinary action term for employees who abuse or exceed the number of absences or tardiness allowed in a calendar year nor was I close to it. I spoke up in the meetings, even when my immediate supervisors did not. This went on repeatedly. Once, my supervisor sent me out to do field work on a special assignment. It happened to have been on a Friday that was designated a non-field day, meaning everyone was required to report to the office unless they called off sick. The manager was furious with me. This began a series of hostile events over a nine month period. I refused to be treated unprofessionally without a fight. There was a brief moment I hesitated to respond because I just didn't want to go against the grain. But that went against every fiber of my being. My spirit wouldn't allow it. My integrity was being compromised. It got so bad that he started messing with my money. On one occasion, I put in a request to use a departmental leave day to take my son to the doctor. A departmental leave day came out of our sick bank, but it's not counted against you because it's approved ahead of time. 
This request was pre-approved by my supervisor. However, the manager signed off for approval, but with a stipulation. I needed to bring in a doctor's excuse upon my return to the office. Again, I was not on attendance control and I didn't call in sick. When I insisted that I was not on attendance control and that it was not necessary to have a doctor's excuse, I was then met with a threat to not be paid if I didn't bring in a doctor's excuse. I could have easily gotten a note from the doctor, but it was the principle of the matter. It was abuse of power and harassment at its core. The union got involved. They contacted our human resources department to verify my attendance record. My record reflected what I had been saying all along. The union requested that the manager stop his tactics and harassment. He did not. He followed through with his threats. I did not get paid on two occasions I was pre-approved for. The union went back and forth with HR. HR had the authority to rectify the paid time off issue, but did not act. I felt alone and ostracized by my coworkers. I was the lone soldier in a battle for justice. No one in the office spoke up on my behalf. I became the problem child. How dare I stand up to Willie? My daily work routine consisted of documenting every insult, every incident. I stayed prayed up even through moments of despair. I became overly stressed but continued to push through while the union continued to fight on my behalf. What I didn't realize at the time was that the battle was never mine to win. What the enemy meant for my bad God used it for my good. When I finally surrendered all to God, I found myself in the hallway on my knees, bellowing out a loud cry. This got the attention of the division head. I was reassigned to another office within the division. Three months later, I was promoted over others to supervisor. 
I know that it was the blessings of God and his favor. He elevated me in the midst of my enemies. I understand now the changes I encountered in my formative years. It wasn't meant for me to be part of the status quo. I was anointed for change. I am an unstoppable gem. <laughs>